welcome to Aiming for More, a tool to help you start aiming for more than the status quo of Christian life. My name is Wes Walters. I'm one of the pastors at AIM Church in Southside, Alabama. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode three. This is Christ-like wisdom for living in a world of screens. And so we briefly started talking about this in the Christmas holidays, and a couple things were said there. I'll recap you in a minute. But this is something that we have to return to regularly if we are to endeavor to live the Christian life. We have to regularly consider how we're living in a world of screens and what that means. Now, technology is not the devil. Uh, (laughs) It can be used, like anything, by the devil, but it can also be used for great good. Uh, We've all seen that. So I'm not saying in this episode, no tech, right? I am saying, let us, like with everything in life, use Christ-like wisdom because the enemy excels in lies and distraction. He's not trying to make us all murderers and thieves. He wants us to blend in and become numb. So let me say before we begin, there's no way I can address in a short podcast the great dangers psychologically and beyond that screen addiction and online delusion, as I call it, can cause. There's just no way to address all of it. There are ways to get help if you have a problem. Uh, through your local church and hotlines if there are deeper issues not covered here, and I encourage you to reach out. There is help, and there is hope. All right, let's get into this. Uh, Technology seems to get a pass in the danger discussion because it's virtual and just part of everyday life, right? But for the Christian, it doesn't get a pass because it is just because it is uh, one of those things that is woven into the fabric of everyday life. Food and clothing are important for everyday, but we also must use them and enjoy them in the light of Christ-like wisdom, or else we become unhealthy or immodest. There's so much ground to cover when it comes to using screens that it would be impossible to do here. I can't even get into the uses of artificial intelligence, which is something we should pay attention to while not drifting into conspiracy theories or despair. And so my hope in this brief time I have with you today is to encourage you toward the application of Romans 13, 14, and in all things in life, including your time on your screens. So whether you are tethered to your phone like an extra appendage or you just watch too much TV, I hope you can be equipped and encouraged. I also hope for this new year, you will develop to uh, develop and stick to some habits, some new habits, and give them time, enough time to see the fruit. There are many commands in Scripture that would be applicable for tech and entertainment of any kind that wasn't around in Bible times because the root of the problem of addiction or idolatry is plentifully addressed. Now, before we want to dive in, before we dive in, I want to remind you and and recap what we said in our Christmas episode when we talked about Christmas and screens. Uh, We had said that you have an opportunity to to pick it up and send messages to people during Christmas and be a blessing, but then when you get together with people, muzzle it by turning off notifications for non-essential apps and even go further and leave it in the car or in a drawer. And if you're hosting a party, have a device basket that people can put their devices in and use. These are good steps for any time in life, obviously, but the Christmas season brought about quite a few chances to be together with people, and we wanted to focus on what was important, Jesus and the people around you, instead of what was just online. 
So we did that, and you can go back and listen to that bonus episode if you haven't listened to it. But let's dive into uh, the the tips that we've got here, four, four tips today, um, and how they're coming out of uh, not only the motivation that I have personally uh, because of the issues that I've seen with it, but from Romans 13, 14. So here we go. Romans 13, 14 says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So since Satan is going to give you plenty of opportunities to sin every day, don't provide or create your own. (laughs) The verse before it says, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness and sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and not in jealousy. These are all things that can take place in person or online or on a screen in one way or another, uh, whether you're watching something. But we need to remember the context of this section in Romans 13. He's talking about how we are to love one another and thereby fulfill the law. And there's a particular phrase that sticks out to me when thinking through screen time. In verse 11, Paul says, the time, the hour has come for you to wake from your sleep. He's reminding them that they live in light of the future coming of Christ and there's no time to waste on sinful habits, especially the ones that make us unloving toward each other. None of the things mentioned in verse 13 are loving toward others. Therefore, verse 14 says, don't provide an opportunity for them. And he says, wake up. Now, unfortunately, when it comes to screens, as soon as they're on, they're an opportunity, right? (laughs) They're an opportunity for sin. Therefore, we must do do without them or think critically and wisely through how we will use them rightly and redeem the opportunities contained within and trade them for peace and joy now in what Paul later calls the praise that goes forevermore to the only wise God. So that's what Romans 13, 14 says in the context and what it's about. And I have some tips for you to help with this when it comes to your screens. And I could give you 15 to 20 tips, and there have already, in the last decade alone, been many, many books, both secular and Christian, written on the dangers of unregulated screen time. So I'm not going to try to act as though I've got the tips. But I want to equip you with a jump start and encourage you to do more research on your own and talking to the Lord. Okay? So here are four quick tips. They're going to be master it, make a plan, And three and four go together often, so I put them together. Meditate on scripture and mingle with the saints. So here we go. Master it is number one. Don't let your device or TV watching determine your schedule and relationships. You master them so you can enjoy them more fully and rightly. In Matthew 6, 24, when Jesus is talking about being obsessed with money and laying up treasures in heaven, he says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So the Greek word mammon there is a Semitic word for for money or possessions, and so it can be applied to anything that diverts your affection from the Lord because it's idolatry. We can be so concerned with life on earth and the things that are important here that we end up missing the one who created our life and created the earth, and that he has much more meaningful and lasting pleasures. As it says in Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. We also get bored 
in our lives. And instead of just staring at the wall or getting creative like I had to as when I was a kid, we scroll. Or worse, we view pornography or gamble or engage in the very in very evil activity and attitudes. Boredom can lead to many sins. Um, Andy Crouch said in his great book, TechWise Family, boredom is actually a crucial warning sign as important in its own way as physical pain. It is a sign that our capacity for wonder and delight, contemplation and attention, real play and fruitful work has been dangerously depleted. You must master this machine that has a screen which means you put it into submission. Yes, it sounds silly because you might think, this thing doesn't have control of me. But if you can't imagine an evening without a screen, it's an indication of something ruling over you. Or if you were to write down what you do for a day and and catalog everything, and most of it involves a screen, minus those of you who work on screens, it is an indicator of your priorities being out of whack. In, In Colossians 2, Paul is talking about uh, people who came to believe in Christ but still held fast to legalistic and pharisaical ways, uh, not the way of Christ. And he says to them, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? They say, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precept and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. The world would have you adhere to its ways and say, eh, it's not a big deal to always have your phone and always be looking at it. It's fine. It's what we do. But it's pulling on us both consciously and subconsciously. And that's all the consciously there are. (laughs) And so it's got the whole of your brain. And it indeed has the appearance of wisdom because, look, that's what everyone else is doing, right? But it is of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Christian, if you don't master your screen time and devices, including the television, you are making a clear path for sin to reign in your body, body and your mind. We must not let it master us. That is a weakness. And one way you can master it is to make a plan. And so that's number two in our tips. Make a plan. So look, be realistic about your habits with your phone, your TV, or whatever tech it is. Whether we like to admit it or not, too much time on screens affects our brains, emotions, and relationships. And a lot of us are on there a lot more than we would like to admit. And it's not okay. There's already plenty of research out there to show, and we're only like really 15 or so years into this norm. There's plenty of research out there to show that it's already affecting our brains, our emotions, and our relationships. So make a plan. Like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we take every thought captive to obey Christ, right? Instead of letting the device or screen take us captive, we take captive every thought. Oh man, I'd love to just do this right now. Oh, I need to need that hit of dopamine. I need to really, really see what's going on or got FOMO or whatever. So when I say make a plan, I mean, you're no longer fine with being a person that just lets life happen to you. Now you happen to life. Okay. (laughs) Blam. Like you happen to life. And if you're not a good planner, right? Find a friend who is, find that geek who likes a spreadsheet 
and ask for help, right? It's fine because you're probably stronger in something that they're not stronger in. We need each other, right? So find a plan, find a friend, make a plan. And, and just real, real practically, look at your calendar or get one if you don't have one. Uh, look at your calendar and decide when and how often you're going to check email, which is most people that's like one or two times a week is plenty outside of work email. Make a plan. Stick to it. Uh, here's, here's when I'm going to check my email. Um, or here's how many shows I'm going to watch each night, each night or what nights, right? Or, or when you'll check social media. And even if you need to, if you're not, you know, like selling something or whatever, like, like be truthful with yourself. Are you on it too much? Make a plan. Just pick a day, pick a time. And then again, as Andy Crouch wrote in his excellent book, TechWise Family, decide when your phone wakes up and goes to bed and it can't be the same as when you do. Okay. Put your put your phone away at a certain point. Uh, for me, it, I try to do it when we're about to have uh, supper around the table. I go go plug it in and whatever, and leave it back in the bedroom. And then in the morning, try not to just get up and immediately check things on it. Right, just turn the alarm off and, and get after it. Make sure you have your time with the Lord and workout or whatever it is that you do, and then you can grab your phone and go about your day. Beyond that, pray and ask the Lord for help to, not to have your phone even unknowingly as something you depend on, okay? God, help us with this. To, help me with this to not be dependent on this thing. I, I would like to think that I'm above this and master this thing, but, but, but I've got a problem. And so, Lord, help. Prioritize people and God over every screen in your life. Let me say that again. We need to prioritize people and God over every screen in our life. Now, look, there's a lot more that can be said uh, for families and marriages and work and things like that, because the psychological benefits of reducing screen time and being in control of these screens are incredibly freeing and, and empowering. Uh, this past summer, I took 10 weeks on a sabbatical and turned my phone off and put it in a drawer. And I had a little flip phone for emergencies that three people could get a hold of. And that's obviously not how I live now and every normal day. But just that time was so freeing and so wonderful. A uh, little, little bit of detox in the first couple of days, but uh, <laughs> it was so freeing. And I recommend doing that every once in a while in life, but definitely for your daily activity and weekly activity, having a plan. So master it and make a plan. Lastly, part of your planning that will help you reclaim real life, like, like face-to-face with actual people, is this. Meditate on Scripture and mingle with the saints. Meditate on Scripture. And look, not, not exclusively saying in, in a paper book, right? Uh, there are many apps that help us get closer to God. I, I use a, a Memory Verse app and the Lectio 365 app. These things help. They're great. Um, again, I'm not banishing the phone altogether. And we're not talking about becoming a monk or a nun or anything like that right now, right? Uh, rather, what we're talking about here is tipping the scales, we're talking about more time in God's word and with God's people and in prayer than looking at a screen, right? And if you think that's extreme or just for Jesus freaks and religious people, I got some news for you. There's no such thing. <laughs> There's no such thing. Jesus said in Luke 9 that true disciples, a true disciple denies themselves and carries the cross of affliction and follows in his ways. Now, sometimes this is death physically, sure, but daily it is dying to sinful desires and the comforts of this life in order to glorify Christ and not ourselves. 
Okay, uh, Paul told the Ephesians in chapter 4, starting in verse 17, he said, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. And it just basically, you know, if you, don't, if you haven't heard that or haven't read the scripture, you know, people who weren't of the people of God at the time, you must no longer walk in these ways in the futility of their minds as they walk. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous. They have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity, but that is not the way that you learned in Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Why just... Do we just want to do whatever everybody else is doing? That's that's what people without Christ do, but that's not the way we learned in Christ, right? We're putting on a new self. We have a tendency to excuse our screen from sinful activities uh, because it's virtual, right? But it's not really. It's not really a virtual thing. It has real-time effects. We love the screen time because of the many reasons, uh, because of many reasons, but one is that there's an unfettered in indulgence, right? There's no rules, right? And, and from the beginning, since the garden, the enemy has told us one lie. God is withholding from you. FOMO, this fear of missing out that people talk about, it's not a new thing. <laughs> it happened in the garden and we can't stand it. Right, and we need to. We, we we feel like we need to know and experience, and and we end up training ourselves to need that hit like a drug. And and man, it's super easy when you got a, a really smart computer in your hand and in your pocket. Okay, I'll stop there because I could really get upset about it because I've seen what it's done. It's really dangerous. So in order to tip the scales, we need to spend more of our time meditating on Scripture, and mingling with the saints getting together with other people who love the Lord and are doing the same thing. Like, just try it, right? You've already decided in step one and step two that you are the master of this device and you are making a plan for it. Make part of your plan to read more scripture, pray more, get together in person with God's people more. You won't know until you try it. But I will let you in on a little secret if you're going to do this. And I'll just let you know it works. It works, especially when you prioritize it with a few friends, okay? A few folks in church uh, or a few people around you, the good Christian folk that say, yeah, let, I struggle with this too. Let's try it together. That way you can be intentional together and help each other when it's hard, right? If, you, if you're already part of a discipleship group, like here at AIM Church, we have GAP groups. There are discipleship groups for, GAP stands for Grow, Apply, Pray. And we get together around the scripture, care for each other, pray. And it's great. And, and this is the lifeblood of our church. And, and so if you're already in one of those groups here, or if you're listening to this and you're in another church and you're in a discipleship group, talk about this topic. Talk about how you can ch- help each other with it. Because it's something where we've been slowly lulled to sleep about and it's a problem, even in the church. Um, one man said, when we always see our lives through glass, we forget that we are flesh and blood. And I just wonder if we looked at the data. I, ha- I haven't looked at the data lately. And I don't know if there's data like this out there. But I wonder if we looked at the data, would the hours spent looking at screens, all screens, talking about TV and everything, and not, not including work, obviously, but all screens, I wonder if 
The hours spent looking at screens would be more hours than actually talking to people face-to-face and in worship and meditating on Scripture and prayer. My guess is that we would be very, very shocked. When we just spend five minutes, you know, on a Bible app at that, or if that, if it's five minutes in the Word once or twice a week or even daily, but then hours and hours and hours of scrolling and commenting and binging, we shouldn't be surprised that we are dull to the things of God and overloaded and stressed by what the world is telling us is important. We cannot hear it because we are numb. And what's more is that we lose the wonder in the, of God and His grace. We lose the wonder of God and His grace because it becomes old news, right? Uh, again, uh, one man said, uh, wonder comes from opening our eyes, not pulling the screen closer. So as you're making your plan, make sure that it includes, rather it's dominated with scripture meditation, saint fellowship. And these things, it, it will not only change your life, but it will make the detox and life going forward much easier to handle and enjoy. Live in the world, but through Christ and with his people. Our unregulated time on screens, often viewing things that are meaningless, judgmental, or inappropriate, cause our brains to forget and be fragmented because we're not made for that much information. We're not made for that kind of activity. Tony Ranke says in his book, uh, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You, the answer for the Christian in this issue is returning to our identity in Christ who says to us via Galatians 2 and 1 Corinthians 10, my appetite for diversions and new daily curiosities has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer the old me that lives online, but Christ living in me. And the life I now live online, I live by faith in Christ who loved me so much and shed his blood for me. All of this has a historical point because in Christ I have a past, a present, and a future, and I now find my identity as one whom the end of the ages, to whom the end of the ages has come. Our only hope for all of this and for anything is to fall on Christ. We often don't know that there's a problem until someone points it out, and so consider yourself pointed out because I've done it to myself this week as I got ready for this. I will join you in constantly praying and working on this because it's not going away. It's only going to get worse. So as you pray and consider your screens and your TVs, your devices, and all those things, ask the Lord to help you to master it, to make a plan for it, to meditate on Scripture and mingle with the saints more than you are in screens. And if you'll do this, I think you'll find much more space in your heart and in your mind for the Lord and for the people in your life. Praise God that He gives us the strength and the power that we need, and He is sufficient. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Aiming for More. If you'd like to learn more about AIM Church in Southside Alabama, visit aimchurch1.com. That's aimchurch in the number one dot com.